Hey hun, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor and I am here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and drink the Kool-Aid with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Huns to Humans. I'm here with Arun, and he's going to tell us about his experience with Amway today. Go ahead, <laughs> if you want to introduce yourself. Uh, hi, uh, I'm Arun. Um, I'm a new immigrant to Canada. I've, I came to Canada two years ago. So before coming to Canada, um, I was working as a journalist and as a researcher in India. I have some experience of being a content writer, a reporter, as well as a researcher before I came to Canada. So um, to talk about my experience with multi-level marketing, uh, I was um, actually involved in uh, one of the major multi-level marketing companies called Amway, which I'm sure many of you would be familiar uh, back in India. So uh, it was just a few years uh, where uh, Amway was introduced in India. It was going in a um, very active phase. So uh, this so happened that one day when I was in college, some of the local big shots, a few elected, what you call um, uh, politicians at the grassroots level who were known to me on a family level. They came, approached our family and um, asked us to attend a certain seminar. Uh, the person who invited me didn't tell me oh, what seminar it was. So when I went there, that was the first time that I was hearing about Amway, a, uh, what you call um, a program with a lot of motivational speakers, talking about some some big, big things. Though I didn't grasp fully, I was certainly uh, taken in by the charm, what I saw in there. Two days later, uh, the person who introduced me, who was a local, like a local counselor in some of the Western countries, uh, he came to my house. He was accompanied by a um, teacher, at a, a headmaster at a reputed school of a public school there with a senior revenue official. Um, whom we, people like us uh, who have no contacts may uh, see only in the press. So They're not very accessible people. All of them came to our home. It was all people that like had a lot of credibility. So you felt like you could trust them. Yes. It's not just credibility. It was difficult to say no to them. Oh. Yeah. So they came to us, spoke about it. Um, I mean, uh, almost uh, convinced us that, that that is the next best thing for <laughs> Uh, after sliced bread so we definitely uh, partially we felt what he called we couldn't say no to them and I should also admit that I was um, taken in with a seminar and there are a lot of promises yeah so I joined it uh, I did attend a few uh, seminars which was every seminar I attended would lead to the next big seminar coming up the next week so 
you know, I think we, uh, which is common to many of the multi-level marketing. So they always try to uh, push us to the next seminar, then the next uh, bigger seminar in goes. Yeah. Um, I did try to introduce two of them, two of my friends. The first person I introduced was not at all happy uh, with me for introducing to Amway. The second one was almost ready to join. But by then I realized it's not fair to exploit my friendships and relationships um, to what I call develop my business. Right. So I slowly started withdrawing from it, uh, though I did attend some of their seminars to show that I've not withdrawn. Um, I'm still somewhere on the periphery or uh, just that I'm busy with my own uh, schoolwork there. Yeah. After um, graduating, I worked for a firm where I was writing, doing content writing. So after what do you call, uh, while write, doing, uh, working as a content writer, uh, as right, working for a soft skills company, um, where the speakers would give motivational talks or what do you call soft skill talks in different places, they use different words. So uh, by nature, for many of them, uh, multi-level marketing companies were their major clients because they want motivational speakers on a regular basis. Yeah. So um, the business which I was associated with, um, those speakers, um, they had clients of some of the multi-level uh, companies who had just recently started working. Many of them, it was like um, Coney Bay or many other multi-level co companies were set up in other parts of the world. They're recently set up there. So after some time, I started finding a pattern uh, in their strategies. It's as simple as um, any person who is used to it uh, will see. Mm -hmm. um, a person with a certain amount of credibility is roped in first. He speaks. He brings in some people like a doctor um, or other senior doctors. Mm -hmm. They bring in, start bringing their clients. They show them, project themselves as a success story coming up. Their uh, talks, which are built as scientific, more so because they are doctors or um, senior scientific figures gets accepted. And that's how uh, even ridiculous claims are um, passed on. I'll yeah. tell you, there's one multi-level marketing company who claimed that a they had a certain magnetic underwear which could cure cancer. What on earth? <laughs> yes. They had oh a magnetic God. mattress. They had another magnetic mattress to waterproof. I mean, <laughs> many of the products were as outrageous as it, as it could be. So they had a bunch of like doctors and scientists that signed up for the, were the doctors and scientists like the direct salespeople or were they just uh, people that they recruited uh, as a top see, to like um, make This claims? particular company, I remember it was went by the name Connie Bale. I do remember that there were some doctors um, who did speak about it in great terms, but I don't remember their exact words the way they used to speak. Right. But it used to go like that. They used to come up with very bizarre claims at least by looking back, it was basic claims, but when you attend them, sometimes without a critical thinking, you get carried away by it. Yeah, I mean, especially something so big like cancer, like you can't, like, that's something that people are desperate to cure. And see, Daniel, I'll tell you the reason. Um, in the Western countries, you have laws uh, which prohibit people from making bizarre claims. It's not the case in many of the developing countries. Even if they have laws, it's hardly implemented. It's very difficult to enforce it. So they can get away with any kind of claims. Oh my gosh. I yeah. didn't even think about that. You're right though. Like, 
you know, we complain here because we're like, why aren't they more regulated? Like, why aren't, why aren't people policing them more? But I never even thought about what it must be like in other countries where they don't even have the laws that we have that are doing the bare minimum policing that is happening. Yes. And, and they have a lot of opportunities there because one, um, many times um, these companies have just started up there and the starting phase, it is easy to rope in a lot of people and they haven't heard of their claims, especially when Amway came, I can tell you. Uh, now, of course, I'm not saying that they came up with many bizarre claims, though I haven't, um, what do you call, uh, critically analyzed each of their claims. I'm sure many of the claims made by salespeople were bizarre, but um, they used to claim that though their products were expensive, they were of a quality which none of the products could offer in India, where uh, in the market in India. Mm-hmm. And, and people would get carried away by that. And there were doctors speaking about it, veterinarians speaking about it. Uh, when they speak with, in scientific terms, most of the people would get carried away by that. And even those people who wouldn't uh, be ready to uh, work as a distributor uh, could hardly reject their products. And I can only imagine too, I mean, I'm not super familiar with like India culture and stuff like that. Um, but as, as someone like you who's immigrated from India, like I mean, usually when you're immigrating anywhere, you're hoping for any sort of opportunity and you want to yeah. make sure that you're successful. Yeah. So like, I can only imagine how like enticing that was to you. Yes, Daniel, here there's another uh, thing. Because of my past experience with multi-level marketing companies and maybe I was a reporter and a content writer, I was already familiar with m- many of those things. Mm-hmm. So in the first few months when I came here, many good friends, many well-wishers, uh, they tried to, um, what do you call, uh, bring me to some multi-level uh, marketing companies. One example is WFG, the World Financial Group or something. It's a oh. which self-insurance. So uh, I would find a lot of what he called exaggerated claims in their events, talking about someone who becomes a director, who becomes a diamond, whatever, you name it. Yeah. So as I was familiar before with multi-level marketing companies before, um, I would say no to them, but I've seen many lo- number of people falling for their claims. Yeah. Yes. That's so and scary. It is easy. Yes. And it is easy. See, I'm very sure that the, many of those companies, after a few years, their market is saturated in a country like Canada because uh, there are no more people they can approach. But when there are immigrants coming, they are an easy prey. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you, like I said, you're looking for any opportunity. Yes. And um, especially company Amway is selling the American dream. I mean, yes. you moved to Canada, but like... Isn't that what we all want? We all want to be successful and have enough money and have the white picket fence and all that stuff. Like everyone wants that. So of course that's really appealing when (laughs) it kind of reminds me, like your story kind of reminds me of the documentary um, Betting on Zero. Have you watched that one? It's about Herbalife. Um, so pretty much a big part of that documentary is about how Herbalife specifically ta- um, targets um, people that are immigrating from Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I think I have watched it. I think yeah. Um, so they're like really targeting like a Hispanic community. And um, it was just really sad. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine going 
somewhere new. Like we've talked about um, like travel, like changing our location. We've actually talked about going to Canada and I was like, well, then we'd have to start all over and I don't know what I would do and da, 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 da. And so I can only imagine to like actually do that and then be like, here's this opportunity. Yes. And it's not even a real opportunity. I'll tell you the many ways people approach this and where it is difficult to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, see, one was a good friend of mine. He was d- definitely a good friend of mine. He helped me in a lot of things to find a new job, um, buy a new car, many other things. So when he approaches, it is difficult for me to say no. Yeah. Then uh, there was another person uh, who approached with the same company who had helped us uh, to be a reference uh, for a next job, to a next job op- application. It is difficult to find someone who is willing uh, to lend their name as a reference when they hardly know us for more than a few weeks. And of course, we can understand that. So in that situation, when that person says that, see, I want to talk to you about a seminar, it's difficult to say no to that. Right. And I'm not blaming them at all. They may have the best of intentions. Of, co- of course, because when you're, I mean, when you're lower on the pyramid, you think that you're helping everyone. That's why I was drawn in because I'm, I literally, my whole job is to help people. So when I was like, oh my gosh, I can help people and I can make money because I was in a field that like doesn't make a lot of money. So I was like, this is fantastic. So like, I don't think that a lot of people, especially at the bottom, have any idea. They just think that they're helping you make money. Yes. See, I think the simple argument here is, uh, uh, you may have seen many of the statistics and the explanations that goes with that if five people join and every five people person recruits another five person and it goes down, um, the world's population will end at the 11th or 12th, uh, what do you call, 11th. level. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, even if now, of course, uh, no multi-level marketing company is able to uh, stretch to the entire world. But the thing is that within a few years, uh, almost all the market gets to know about it. And at least those who have joined it um, will be aware to stay away from that. And that's right. how every multi-level marketing company saturates after a few years of uh, going to the peak of once it becomes active. Right. I found it interesting about Amway back in India that I think it was in 2008-9 when I attended a seminar of one of the so-called diamond figures in Kerala, in South India. He was mm-hmm. talking about the big opportunity in Amway and how it would stay in business for the next 25 years in India. Six months later, the bugger quit Amway for another multi-level marketing. Six months later. After saying that this business is here to stay for 25 years, he quit the business. He yeah. joined another multi-level marketing company. Then okay. he joined another multi-level marketing company. So what I've heard happens for because you said he was really high up. So he was at the top and um, I've heard that people that are at the top of the pyramid um, sometimes other companies will approach them with a bridge contract yeah. and they'll like, I don't really understand it fully, but they'll like ha- help them make more money if they carry their team over to the yeah. other company. This is what happened. I think this is what exactly what happened. Yeah. And that, I mean, it just goes to show it doesn't matter what company it is. And it's, scary because people get so attached to their company but then they hop right over to another company and all of a sudden it's like well no this company is the best um so um 
what kind of mental health things did you notice? Like, was there anything in particular that was happening in India that you felt was like really affecting people's mental health around all of this see, stuff going on? Uh, see, Daniel, one of the problems would be phases. Um, mental health issues are still a taboo in a country like India. Yeah. So uh, discussing it uh, is quite what you call um, out of the mind. Uh, it is not a priority at the moment. Though people are trying to talk about it, there are a few sections, what you call elite people who are trying to talk about it. It still is confined among those people. Yeah. Talk about the uh, problems, but I've seen something. People do get depressed fast when they don't succeed in a multi-level marketing. Um, then they start quitting it. They may go for another multi-level marketing or they may quit it entirely. And then they lose the community feeling, the what you call the friendships, which were associated with the multi-level marketing. And many of them come for it. Yeah, and it, it's so sad because I think a lot of people really join multi-level marketing for the community. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, we all join because we want to make money. Yes. But then like you have all these- Once perks. you're inside. Yeah, so then there's all the perks of like, having friends and people that like are doing the same thing as you and you just think it's all going to be great but it's not <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true oh gosh um i think the key thing is here what i understand is that um it is a combination of what you call this multi-level marketing you know, this motivational speakers along with the environment that they create which gives an impression to people that yes i can do even the so-called impossible thing. I just need to visualize it. I just need to think it this way and I can be what the guy on the stage is. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I went to my first like convention thing or it wasn't a convention. It was just like um, some sort of recruiting meeting. And uh, I saw all the people that were talking on the stage and I was like, I'm going to be that person one day. I'm going to do that. Um, and I was so excited at the end of the conference or whatever, I went up on stage and I like took a picture. So that way I could look back when I actually was on stage and be like, remember this time where I thought I was going to be here and now here I yes. am. Uh, yeah, but that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, that is very natural. We all start thinking ourselves that way after hearing a few talks. And this will be, uh, the problem is that this will be the sole what you call preoccupation in our minds, thinking that we should achieve it, how to be like this. And we'll start occupying ourselves with that soul's thought. After a certain point, it becomes um, what you call, we realize that it is not going to work. And then the chances of depression and other issues go small. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I know that you weren't in it for very long, but I know you said that your friend was the one that tried to like get you into everything, did you yeah. end up getting excommunicated by your friends when you left Amway? Initially, they were not happy with me. But funnily, after a year or two, most of them uh, were not working for that for Amway anymore. Oh, good. Yeah. So they all got out. So that's really good. So do you, do they still talk to you now? Uh, at the moment, they don't have a problem. But uh, at least with one or two of them, um, at least one person was not happy that I quit that time. Yeah. Yeah. But for the rest they also understood that uh, it is not something even they would like to be associated with. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. Is there anything else that you want to cover today? Uh, one thing which I want to tell you is what I find is that um, many of those motivational speakers or so-called motivational speakers, their source of income 
uh, is talking at multi-level marketing companies. Mm-hmm. I think uh, many of the claims that they make, many of the suggestions that they convey is unscientific. Um, so when we talk about multi-level marketing companies, I think we should also talk about how they are trying to create an illusion of success through this particular method. Yes. I don't think a multi-level marketing company will succeed or even go to where they are now without the help of so-called pets talk speakers. Yeah. And we should also talk about how they're trying to sell a very unscientific illusion to the people. It is. It's really, it's such an illusion. Like I was saying with Amway, where it's kind of like the American dream, which is like where they got their name from. Um, Or well, the American way is what I think it stands for, right? Um, But it's all about like trying to have this glorious life that's just super unsustainable. And I can only imagine how much debt these people are incurring to show people that they have this glorious life that we all want, but like they don't really have it. Yeah. Oh. It makes me so sad to think about that. Uh, yes. See, uh, when they give a pep talk and when it is in a closed door conference, it is easy to sell anything, even bizarre claims there. Yeah. By a very eloquent speaker. That's that's true because they pick people to tell their stories that are very compelling. And then by the time you're all done, you're like, oh my gosh, like, if they went through all of this, like I haven't yeah. been through all of that, I must be able to do what they did. Yeah. And you'll think that you can go uh, with a bare chest and get shot and still survive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or you'll buy a, a magnetic mattress or an underwear, whatever they want to send you. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is wild. Magnetic underwear. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine that being comfortable. Uh, I'll tell you the name of the company is Pony Bayo. Kony Bayo, they said that it was some Japanese technology. I remember. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wonder if there was even like actual magnetic stuff in there. Do you know? <laughs> Who wants to fix a, a magnet in his underwear? Uh, anyway, that's like, what if you're like walking by stuff and like you get like things that are getting attracted to you? <laughs> oh my gosh. All the magnets fly off the refrigerator. <laughs> funny um all right anything else uh, you any topics for you uh nothing at the moment <laughs> i okay. think this is enough all right awesome um so what do you feel like was your biggest takeaway that you had from network marketing see one thing is that i should be more skeptical with claims <laughs> i think we all should <laughs> yeah uh, um, and i should try to be logical when someone speaks eloquent in spite of their credibility or their reputation otherwise. Even they may be carried away. They may sincerely believe it, but that doesn't make it true. Yeah, I think that's something that we don't really talk about a lot. Well, I mean, some people kind of talk about it a lot where um, who are doing these studies that these companies are coming out with? It's usually the company. Yeah. Or it's someone that the company bought out to like make it seem yes. like they didn't do it or whatever. And it's just, See, it's Daniel, just one not thing, ethical. 
one thing which I realized with soft skill speakers is that many of the what you call so-called directors or the top level successful distributors in these firms, they don't make money uh, actually selling their products. Either it is through their downlines money or by giving pep talks. Yep. Yeah. Well, by speaking at seminars, that is their source of major source of money. So did you guys have to pay to go into those conferences? Yes. Yes. It was a, a good amount of money. So you have to pay for the products. You have to pay for the conference. The seminars. The seminars. And then, and so Amway, I think they have a lot of like little conferences, right? Yeah. And then they have a big conference. Bigger conference. Yeah. So oh. one of the, uh, what you call benefits for me was that I used to teach uh, journalism for some time. Uh, while I was doing my PhD back in India. So uh, uh, when I used to teach uh, postgraduate uh, graduate or postgraduate students, I used to ask them to go and attend a few uh, conferences of multi-level companies. And uh, I used to ask them to attend the uh, conferences of different multi-level marketing companies. So many of them, after attending the first, would be ready to join. A few of them even joined against my suggestion. I would then ask them to go and attend another uh, conference by another multi-level marketing company. And then they would suddenly realize, yes, they are making almost similar claims. Yeah. That this was a way really of, interesting. This was an assignment I used to teach, uh, which was very helpful for me to teach students that you should be skeptical of claims and you shouldn't be carried away with it. Uh, that's really interesting. I wish that there were more people that were teaching about multi-level marketing uh, at any level of education. I feel like it's one of those things that nobody tells you about. I know they don't talk about it in business school because my uh, the person that signed me up to my last one was a business school graduate. And she was always like, they never talked about multi-level marketing here. And like, it's such a legit form of business, cool. but it's not. <laughs> That's why they don't teach it at business school. <laughs> yeah. But they should teach you that it's yeah. not. Like see, no uh, one, no see, one tells one thing, you. True. And uh, see, there are people like what you call Robert Kiyosaki or many of the so-called popular writers, business writers who endorse them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like Tony Robinson. Yes. And yeah. John Maxwell, Rachel Hollis. You have all of these people that have these big names and they sell books and they're fantastic. And then they go to the conferences and just continue to validate them even though they don't have anything to do with it they just get paid and see i i would like people to do more what you call critical stories not just on multi multi-level marketing companies but also on these people yes i agree whether is, yeah whether it is robert to kiyosaki to anthony robbins yeah. because many of their claims are very unscientific yeah especially the likes of norman vincent peel of course the late preacher to Anthony Robbins, many of his claims, I'm sure if you talk to a good psychologist, they will tell you why many of their claims are actually counterproductive. I'm sure they would. Yeah. That would be really interesting to read about. I can give you references about it, no problem. Yeah, send them to me. <laughs> All right, well, I am so thankful that you jumped on today. I think that you bring up a lot of really good points. And like I said, points that I didn't even think about, like I haven't thought about like other cultures, like I'm so immersed in like American culture. And I hear a lot about how like Canada is affected by multi-level marketing, but I haven't heard anything about India 
and the issues there around it. So I'm really thankful that you came on today and you talked to us about it. And um, if thank anyone, you for having me. <laughs> um, and if anyone else wants to come on and share their story, you can email me at fromhuns to humans at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at fromhuns to humans. Um, and that's it. Thank you again. Thank you. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you very much. <laughs>